If you have your Bibles, open them up. Ephesians chapter 4 is where we're going to be at. Ephesians chapter 4, uh, 19 through 24. We're continuing this idea of recrafted, and hopefully you caught some cool lines in that video. Uh, he does a really good job at making that. Uh, has any chance we can get a little house light up? Is that all right? Just so I can see. Dude, awesome faces out here. If not, I don't know how that works out here. Light. There it is. I'd, I'd imagine it was very easy. So good. Uh, there, there was a line here. It's, it's interesting as he, the visuals of this taking metal and then forming it in, in such a unique way. And he says this, though the metal has been completely reshaped, there's still work to be done. Now, I wonder how many of us in our lives as Christ followers, we think, man, this is it. We're, we're here. We've arrived. And the Lord's like, no, not yet. There's still work to be done. And, and in this passage, we see this a little. Again, we, we talk about recrafted. You're going to hear tonight and in, or th- this morning and then even tomorrow night this idea of old life and new life. This old self that we're supposed to, as Christ followers, put off. And a new life in Christ we're supposed to walk in. And you're going you're gonna to hear some of that language here. We'll try to unpack it a little tonight. Uh, or this morning and, and, and a little tomorrow night as well. But he, here's where it says in Ephesians 4, 19 through 24. Talking about, again, Gentiles, people that don't know who God is. It says this, they who don't know God, who don't claim to, to put their hope and faith in, in God, they've become callous. They've given themselves up to sensuality and, and greed to practice uh, every kind of impurity. But that's not the way you learned about Christ. Verse 21 is interesting. Uh, and if you don't have a Bible, I just saw some in the back too. Maybe grab one on the way out as we unpack God's word. I don't want you to think it's, it's me saying these things. This is God's word saying to us certain things. And again, if you're you know, not sure who Christ is, again, we're talking about old life and new life. But look at verse 21. It says this, assuming that you've heard about Christ. That's assuming, as we talk about old life and new life, it's assuming that you know about Christ. But here's the good news. If you don't know about Christ, we're going to talk about him tonight. Woo! All right, so here we go. Get ready for that. Assuming that you've heard about Christ. And if so, then you were taught in him the truth is in Jesus. Two, look at verse 22. This is important. If you've heard about Christ, you've been called then to, to put off your old self which belongs to your former life. It's corrupt through deceitful desires. 23, to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And verse 24, and to put on this new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Let me pray for us. This will be good. God, thanks again for the students out here and counselors and the youth pastors. Thanks for Hume Lake and this camp you set apart where we could get uh, away from our our busy life at home with the pressures that we might feel and the overwhelming anxiousness maybe that that awaits us here in just a few days. We could get up here and just have fresh air and breathe and have fun and play games and worship you and learn about you. And I pray this morning that we do just that, Lord, that we learn a little bit more things about your truth and who you are. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
Uh, a few years ago, uh, you know, I left the mountains, so I lived up at Hume, up in the Sequoia National Forest. We had a lot of critters, a lot of animals, you know, it, it, it was what it was. So I moved down to Long Beach, didn't think that I'd see a lot of critters and animals, and I was very wrong. We lived next to a park, and, uh, and there, there, you know, coyotes would come out there, all sorts of different animals would be in the park, and sometimes they'd make their way across the street and, uh, you know, decide to hang out in my house. One morning, I woke up. Uh, morning at like 2 a.m. to a pretty scary sound of claws and teeth uh, right basically I felt like right right by my my the, the head of my bed it was right under uh, from the outside we had this little grate that goes underneath the house and it was it was literally like there was an animal in my ear chewing you know like it was just so loud and it was just clawing, and I'm like, what is happening? I get a flashlight out, and then, you know, I can't see what it is. But the effect of it was awful because it was a skunk, and I scared it, and it was an awful night of sleep. My wife was mad, and she's like, why would you scare it? I was like, I didn't know I was scared. Like, this claw, it's like he's, it's, it's clawing into my head. Like, it's just scary, right? So the next night, hear the same thing. This time, I go in the backyard to kind of peek around. I don't know what I was thinking. Same thing. It got scared, but it ran. I didn't even know where it went to. And, and I, but I, I look at the effect the next morning in the grate underneath my house. The wires are kind of bent back, which is scary that it could eat wire. Why God created, I don't know. But like, you know, he, it, so I fixed that wire. I put new wire in there, and I'm like, all right, that will solve the problem. And the next night, it comes back, and it kept coming back, and I have to fix what is broken that it's, that it's eating, trying to get under my house and succeeding. Now, I'm like, is it trapped under my house? I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm like, I don't know how to get rid of skunks. I just don't know. We're throwing out, like, orange pills and, like, learning all of these things to maybe get rid of skunks. But for some reason, it's under my house, and it's loving it under there, and I just don't know how to get rid of it. My wife is like, it's getting in the house. It's getting into the yard somewhere, and I'm like, I walk around the whole house. There's nothing, and she's like, well, what about that little hole in the fence? I was like, babe, I'll take care of this thing. Like, I know. Th- there's no way a skunk's going to get through this small little hole in the fence. It's impossible. So that night, I decided I heard the sound, and I woke up, and I shined my flashlight, and that big skunk somehow got through a hole about that big right in my fence the same spot my girl's like hey it's probably that place and I was like nah she's like you gotta shut the gate I was like it's not that and sure enough I see it come through so I scared it went out that night at 2 30 in the morning I creep over I shut the fence and then it was just freaking out wanting to get back in but it couldn't and I sprayed it with the hose and it was gone right why because I shut the gate I shut that fence. I could fix this little grate all day long, but the, the, the problem was I wasn't closing the fence that let the animal in. As we talk about this old life and new life and what it means to live in that, keep in mind that idea in this phrase, and we'll get to it kind of here at the end. Sometimes we need to actually close the gate and, and be aware of what is it that we're letting into our life. So here we go. Let's look at this really quick and uh, go play some broom hockey, all right? So uh, as Christians, we, we talk about, we, we, and again, this is more for the Christian in the room, but if you're not a Christ follower, don't, don't zone out because we're going to get to you tonight. And, and it's very important, but 
you need to understand what it is that we're, we're, we're called to with being a new creation. Those that put their hope and faith in Christ. We're, we're, we're re, recrafted into a new person. What does that mean? The old life, as it was saying, one that doesn't know who God is. Their, their, uh, their, their, their ability to love anything else but themselves is just it's not there. Because why? Why not? Self-preservation. Life is all about me. And that's an old life. That's a whole model of I get what I get out of this life because I'm here for a short time. Who cares what, what happens, who, who I affect, as long as I'm happy, as long as I get mine. And that's a self-centered idea. But those that are in Christ understand, wait a minute, life isn't about me. Life is about him. Is I keep my eyes on him, how do I get overflowed by his his goodness and his mercy and his grace, and, and it flows on to everybody else around me. And it's this new life in Christ we're supposed to live. That's what Christ ca- keeps talking about. That's what the New Testament is constantly in our Bibles we're reading about. Old life, bad. New life, good. And as Christians, we can read these things, that the, the consequences of this old life. And throughout the Bible, there's different um, uh, chapters uh, that, that talk about this old self. But here we read just a couple of little things. This old self is one that is selfish, that gets angry, that loves to gossip, that is sexual and moral, and this old life that we're supposed to say, that bad. And then the, the new life, this new self that we put on, this Christ-centered self, one that is humble, one that loves people, one that is patient, one that controls, uh, you know, uh, is, is self-controlled in all areas. And what, what is Christians, maybe, what do we do a lot of times? We look at these two lists and we're like, okay, old self, all right, I don't want to do that. I, I want to I put on this new life. And so what do we do? We say, oh, well, I'm struggling with pride over here, so I'm going to just work on being humble. And maybe you come to camp or a missions trip or a, or a Wednesday night or a Sunday night church service. And you're like, I need to get, I need to get going on this, this new life. So what do we do? We, we pick these lists and we're like, all right, I don't want to be one that is um, prideful. I want to be humble or I don't want to be angry. I want to I really love people. And so we look at this list and we just try harder. All right, I'm not going to be prideful. I'm going to really try hard to be humble. I don't want to be angry. I'm going to try really, really hard to to love people. And we try hard, and we do good for a little bit. But then we we fail. All right, so I'm going to try something else. Let's uh, get rid of the old life and, 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 and be a new creation, okay? We're recrafted. Try harder. I wonder how many Christians in the room are just tired of trying harder because it's just not, it's not adding up. How is it that I'm supposed to not be an old life and live in my new life, or um, live in my old life, but, but live in this new life? I just try harder? Is that, is that the goal? How is that working, I wonder, for Christians in the room? Try hard, do good, and, and you fall, and it's a list of this new life. You want to do it, but what a, what do, we, what do we seem to be missing? Verse 22, and you've got to follow me here. Verse 22 in Ephesians says, to put off your old self, 
And verse 24 says, put on your new self. What are we missing? We got verse 22 that says, put off my old self. And verse 22 says, put off my old self. And verse 24 says, put on my new self. What am I missing? Verse 22 says, put off my old self. Verse 24 says, put on my new self. What am I missing? Verse 23. What is verse 23? Please read it. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Friends, that's what we're missing. We're trying to conquer sin. But here's the thing, Christ followers. When could you ever deal with the problem of sin in the first place? We're sitting here trying harder, trying harder, trying harder. Do good and we fail. Why? Because it's not about just getting rid and then trying to do something new. Because we need to be renewed. And verse 23 says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Let the spirit transform you. And we're going to talk more about that tomorrow night of what that looks like. To be renewed. But that's one of the most important keys. Fill your mind with the right kinds of things. In fact, Colossians 3 says this, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Romans 12, don't be uh, conformed to the world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to discern what the Lord's will is, his good and perfect will. You see, we're Americans and we're doers, right? We can do it. We can do it. A note old self, put on my new life. We feel like that we can do it and we try hard, but it just doesn't seem to to work because we weren't meant to deal with the problem of sin that's the spirit's job that's what god does we need to daily ask him to transform our mind and the spirit starts to transform our hearts to make us align with him to be satisfied in him fully to walk with him to think and talk about him and now here's the thing is it really that easy To just throw off our old self, be filled by transforming our minds, and then live this new life out? Is it it that easy? I'm going to say this, and this is a bold statement. I'm going to say yes. You're like, it can't be that easy. But you, you know that it is, especially Christians in the room, that this isn't your first camp experience. Because here's what I'm going to suggest. 14 years of working at camp ministry. Whether it's a winter camp weekend or a full-length week of summer camp. What's unbelievable is something different happens. And I know it's only day one here, basically. I mean, yesterday we got here last night. But, you know, things are already starting to happen. And, and, and friendships are being made. And good conversations are happening in cabins. And I'm telling you, by the end, you're just not going to want to leave. Why? Because the world's just hard down there. And up here, it just seems different. And, and you know what I'm talking about. But here's why. You're letting your heart be transformed by him. You're coming into chapel twice a day. We're in here having just unbelievable worship through music. You're going to get out of here and you're going to talk with your friends about God honoring things. Here's something that might kick you right in the teeth. When's the last time you had good, heartfelt, godly conversations with your friends? encouraging one another in your relationship with the Lord. We, we sit and have hangout time with friends in, in, the, in the dining hall. And hopefully it's not just petty gossip stuff that we're tearing each other down. Maybe it's starting to talk about things that we're learning about God. 
We're putting off the old self that's kind of easy because our minds are being transformed daily and a byproduct of walking easily in this new life that we're created. So is it that easy? It is. So it's that easy when we get home. No. Dang. Why? Because up here there's not a lot of distractions. In fact, Keen does such a good job of taking care of every distraction that you can imagine. Why? In order to just get your focus on him. We can't have him in our lives all the time. We need to start to take uh, an, an inquiry of understanding what is distracting us from him. And that's where I want to land the plane here this morning. As we talk about that inventory, if we could try to fix this, going back to my story, this little issue with the skunk coming in and you know clawing, I could keep fixing that all day long, or I could shut the gate and help in that problem right away. Is is we just wrap this thing up? Here's what I just want us to think about: what's competing for our our mind and our attention. Maybe we need to take verses like this very seriously. Proverbs 4 says this, 23, above all else, guard your heart. For from it, everything flows from it. Your heart, your inner core, your thoughts, your mind, your desires. What am I filling my mind with? What am I protecting it from? The spirit wants to renew your mind. But is it already your mind and heart already filled with so many other things that you're not even listening to what the spirit might have? Philippians 4.8 says this, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything excellent, if there's anything praiseworthy, think of those things. <laughs> Let me read that again. And conviction's going to happen here because it's God's word. But think about your, your last few days before you coming up here. When we think about our time, if we start to do time assessment in our own life, it says this, brothers, sisters, whatever is true, think about true things. Whatever is honorable, yikes. Are you thinking about honorable things in your life, in your heart? Do you really, are you thinking about those things? Whatever is just, what about this? Whatever is pure. If there's anything lovely or commendable, if there's anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think of those things. But we don't. We, we compartmentalize and we think about those things a little bit and we think about other things a lot more. In the quietness of your own mind, I want you to do a little self-assessment. There's, there's zero shame in this. I just want us to think about it. How much time do you, do, you, do you spend on social media? I mean, I have to say it. I would say a week, but let's just say an average day. And don't give me the day where you're already caught up and you got to get up early because of school and you're at school all the time and you got, you know, uh, volleyball or basketball practice afterwards. And then right from there, you, you get home, you eat a little bit and you got to go to youth group and you come home and you sleep. You're like, oh, I only spent like five minutes on it. What about majority of your, of your days? And, kind of have a little downtime, and you're not being forced to go somewhere. How much time do you spend on social media? 
How much time do you maybe spend gaming? Watching, watching TV? Just sitting and chatting about the latest tea, just wanting to hear what's going on in the world. I want to know. Give me the latest insights and gossip. How much time do we think about those kinds of things? And again, I look at social media, uh, you know, um, gaming, Netflix, whatever it is. Those aren't bad things. They're just, they're not bad things. Music that we listen to. I'm not here to say do or don't watch those things. I'm just asking you to do a self-assessment to say, what am I letting in? How much time am I spending on that? And now you start to think about how much time actually do I spend, in all honesty, Christ's follower in the room, how much time do you spend in God's word or in prayer? Because here's the thing. These things over here, again, they're not bad things. They're not just a part of our old life. They're, they're good things. It's fine to be on social media, listen to music. I'm not saying those are bad things. But a lot of times these things are screaming, do what you want. The Bible and prayer is saying, no, 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 do what I want. And we have to have this self-assessment because we got to think about this idea. We can sit here and game for two, three hours and pray for one or two minutes and then we have the audacity to go to before the Lord to say, God, where are you? How come I don't feel you like I used to at Hume? Because as we do that, I really think that we need to, again, have a right view of God, of who he is and his holiness and his power, that literally he is so good and holy. And we come to him to be like, God, I haven't given you any time. You know what? Never mind, God. I gave you two minutes. Why didn't you deliver and then he says this almost to us, if we were honestly listening, he says this, I haven't changed. I'm right here. I don't say this to say you got to go home and change everything about your life, but I think you have to be aware of the effects that these other things are having. Some of us might need to shut that gate because what are we letting in? In fact, are we, are we, uh, are we letting in, you know, again, being aware of what we are letting in? Or are we, uh, are, we, are we letting in the wrong things and are we keeping the best things out? Here's a little quote that just blows my mind. If we're consistently getting input from the world and we're continually getting very little input from God, who will we inevitably look more like? If you're constantly being overwhelmed by the world saying, do what you want to do, life is about you. And we're getting very little input from God saying, no, no, life is about me. Look up. Who will we inevitably look more like? You that are in Christ, you've been transformed. You've been made into his image. And it might be painful. In fact, in the video here, again, there's so many great things in there. It says, look, what I deem valuable might seem worthless and dull to you. But either he knows what's best for us, or he doesn't. And those Christ followers in the room, if you know he knows what's best, then let's look more to him. And as we do this self-assessment and this inventory, it's simply to say, what might I need to do to shut that gate and be aware of the things that I'm letting in that is taking up maybe way too much space and time in my heart and my thoughts? Because what we will talk about tomorrow night is now how do I 
How do I be overflowed in understanding what it means to really get my heart transformed by him? Because he's speaking and he's moving. You just might be too distracted to see it. In a moment, Corey's going to come back up here, wrap this all up and give us a little challenge to to walk out and, and talk about some of these things. And you get an opportunity to, again, be real or not. It's up to you. No one's going to force you to talk. But as we, as we talk about this, especially, again, Christ followers in the room, you can continue to try to do the game that maybe you're just so overdoing. All right, I can't do this old life that I kind of want to do. I'm supposed to be doing this new life. I'm going to try hard, fail, and I'm going to go back to the old life. Why? Because you're missing a key ingredient of being transformed by him. And all it's doing is doing this. Hey, look up. Look up. I have transformed you to enjoy me. Let's not be satisfied in anything else except for him. Would you pray with me? Lord, as we uh, wrap up this morning, There's a lot to be said, but still the process, God, of some self-inventory that maybe we need to do. I hope as we leave this place, the chatter that we'll get going here in just a moment, the crowds as it, it takes for us to get up out of our chairs, to go find our, our, our cabins, to go settle down, to be thinking of the excitement of what broom hockey is going to be. Things can get lost quickly, but Lord, I hope that they don't. I hope as we leave this place right here and right now, Lord, that we get our hearts ready for what you might be doing in us in order to shut this gate of letting maybe some of the wrong things in so that our minds will be transformed clearly to look up and be in awe of you. And as we do, be overwhelmed with this love and hope and, and, and peace and comfort, not only for ourselves, but it gets passed on to anyone and everyone else. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your time. In your name we pray. Amen.